Frontier Missions Journal. Stories of hope for the unreached with Adventist Frontier Missions. Hello there and welcome. Our story today is about Kerry Hen, a medical missionary up at Palawan, and she's been helping with the Palawan project since 2012. She finished her degree in nursing in a community college then studied music at Southern Adventist University, where she learned about the student missionary program. She runs a clinic up at the Mountain Retreat. They're also the only healthcare for the local tribe there, treating anything from malaria, respiratory problems, skin diseases, and typhoid. Listen with me as Kerry shares a collection of stories about the experiences she's had in the mission field, starting with one she's entitled, Mamambira. The story I chose is about one of the local witch doctors in the area. I call this story Maman Birat. I hadn't been at the clinic long that morning when Bululu came by and told me that Maman Birat, an older man from Lup Lup, was very sick. She said that someone would probably carry him to the clinic later that day. But as the day went on and no patients arrived until late that afternoon when I found Lubin sitting on the clinic porch. He was obviously not feeling well and had a grayish look about him. He also lived in Lup Lup and said that today was the first day he had been well enough to walk, and it had taken him most of the day to make the hike to the clinic, which usually takes only an hour and a half. He said there were many people sick in Lup Lup, Mamambirat being one of the sickest. It was late in the afternoon, so we decided to admit Lubin at the clinic and go to Lup Lup for home visits early the next morning. As Justine and I hiked the steep rugged trail to Lup Lup the next day, we realized that many people knew that Maman Birat was sick and had been for some time, but since he is one of the local medicine men, they had put off asking for our help until it was very obvious that their medicine was not working. As we neared the village, we met Maman Birat and his family on the trail. He was staggering slowly and miserably, trying to make his way to the clinic. When I got close to him, he fell to the ground exhausted. We assessed Mamambira and arranged for him to be carried the rest of the way to the clinic and then flown to the lowland hospital where he was treated for pneumonia. We are thankful to have the opportunity to show the people of Lup Lup that there is a power stronger than their medicine. When I was 16, I went on a short-term mission trip to Ecuador, and there we did some medical missions and VBS, and we built a church, and yeah, I just caught the mission bug and knew ever since then that I wanted to do long-term missions. I went to a community college and studied nursing, and then after I graduated from there, I went down to Southern Adventist University, and I was planning to get a bachelor in music, and I was there for a year and found out about their student mission program, and I, I ended up going out with that after the first year. And my original plan was to spend four years taking music and getting experience working as a nurse, and then I'd be ready to do full-term missions, but God had another plan. Well, I tried to go to Africa. That was just kind of always my plan where I wanted to go and do missions, but nothing was opening up. And one night I was looking at where I was going to go because it was in May and I needed to decide. I knew I was supposed to leave in August for somewhere. And I found the call to Palawan to work as a nurse in the clinic there. And so I signed up and John Baxter called me the next day and told me I had to decide by Friday, which was the day after the next day. <laughs> and so, yeah, I signed up and ended up going to Palawan, and I never came back to the States permanently. 
I think the most rewarding part about the work that I do is when we have a patient, it's happened with a lot of different patients, but when we have patients that come in and they're really sick and then you're able to just be with them through that and yeah, just try to help them feel better. And then the day that they go home, they're so happy because they're feeling so much better. And it's just really rewarding to see their smiles and see, yeah, just see the improvements that they make and to develop the friendships through that. Yeah, at the clinic, when we have inpatients, we have prayer with them in the evenings before we go, before we, we all go to sleep. And then we've started doing morning worships with them where before we start the day, we do a Bible story and we sing some songs. And it's just a time to be able to share Jesus with them and before the day gets busy and we run out of time. Sometimes if the patients are well enough, they will join us for church on Sabbath while they're staying at the clinic, them and their families, whoever's there watching them, and they would come and yeah, just worship with us on Sabbath. The clinic that I work in is located in the mountains of Palawan. It takes two to three hours to hike into the village where I live, and it's the only source of health care for this tribe, unless they hike out of the mountains to the lowlands, but there the care isn't always that good. There, There's some prejudice against the Palawan tribe. Yeah, so if we have patients that we do need to send out, it involves either flying them out with a helicopter or it involves them being carried out in stretchers or hammocks or in baskets that are put on people's heads. And sometimes it takes hours to get them out to the Lowland Hospital. There's still a lot of um, unreached people groups around the world, and there's still a really huge need for missionaries. And so I just want to encourage people to accept the call that Jesus put out in Matthew that we go into all the world and reach the people that haven't had a chance to hear. I want to thank all of my donors who support me financially and also through their prayers and makes it possible for the work in Palawan to go on. If you would like to know more about this project or any other, please visit our website at afmonline.org. That's afmonline.org. Or call us up on 800-937-4236. That's 800 800- to get in touch. You can offer a kind donation via the Give link as well as help us pray for the work being done. Or you could join us and become a missionary yourself to speed along the work and hasten Jesus' coming. This story is about a girl that I've been studying the Bible with, and I call it Satan's Prisoners. GCL and I have been studying the Bible together for about two years now. One week as we sat down to study, she animately began to tell me about a dream she'd had several nights earlier. In this dream, GCL went to visit her parents. There was a bright light shining from within the house when she arrived, but it was soon replaced with darkness. As GCL entered the house, she was confronted by a large man, When she asked him where her parents were, he informed her that they were in prison because they had entered his gate without permission, and they wouldn't be allowed to leave. At this point in her dream, Jisir recognized the man as Satan. As she commanded him to leave, she awoke. The dream and the implied meaning behind it saddened Jisir. However, when she fell asleep again, the dream continued. In the second part of her dream, Jisir went from her parents' house to the prison. She noticed other church members accompanying her to visit their family members there. As they approached the prison, they collectively decided to break down the gate and set the captives free. 
When the gate fell, many people came out, including Giselle's parents. But many other prisoners stayed within Satan's control. Again, Giselle awoke, but this time she wasn't filled with the same sadness as before. Giselle has a burden to share Christ's message with her family. Each week, she and her husband make the long hike to visit her parents and share Jesus' message, and her dream gave her encouragement to continue in these efforts. She desperately wants her parents to escape from Satan's prison. Please pray for both Giselle and her parents as she continues to witness to them. Since this story um, was told, Giselle's family has ridiculed her for trying to share her faith with them, and so it's made it very hard for her to be able to witness to them, and she's gotten discouraged. And so I just ask that you please lift her up in your prayers and that she will have the courage and the enthusiasm to keep sharing with her family, even if they're not that receptive. This story is about a young lady named Kildit. Will you go with me to tell Bible stories to Minan's family across the valley? Kildit eagerly asked me. It was one of my first couple of Sabbaths home after being in the States for fundraising and training. Sophie, one of the student missionaries from last year, used to accompany Kildit on Sabbath afternoons, but now that she had returned home, Kildit was eager to find another companion. I can't go this Sabbath, I replied, since I already had other plans of people to visit, but we will see about another time. I am ashamed to admit that I was not really wanting to go, because it was far and would take most of every Sabbath afternoon, and I had heard that the family up there wasn't very receptive. But Kildit was persistent. The next week, she asked again, but something was happening that I still could not go. By that time, God was convicting me that he wanted me to go with her, and so I was trying to make it happen when she came to tell me that the family had moved to Consuli. But Kildit had another plan. How about we go do Bible stories with Miss Linda? Miss Linda is a good friend of mine that lives near Kamantian. She has had a lot of contact with the missionaries in the church over the years, and she knows many Bible stories, yet still remains resistant to accepting the truth. I agreed that that would work, hoping that even if Miss Linda wasn't really that interested, that it would be a good chance for Kildit. So every Sabbath afternoon, Kildit and I go up to Miss Linda's, and we have been telling her stories of David and Solomon. Kildit is a good teacher and is not shy to ask questions and to re-explain if she thinks they did not understand. I pray that through this, Kildit will grow in her relationship with Jesus and that Miss Linda's heart will also soften. Kildit is not only excited to share, but also to study for herself. She has joined every Bible study group available. After a week of prayer at the school this past March, she stood up asking for studies to prepare for baptism. She is also in another Bible study group for the elementary students, and she is in my ladies' Bible study group. One week at Bible study, her and Delia, another girl in the group, were so excited about how they shared what they had studied with one of Delia's neighbors. Delia is shy and would have had a really hard time to go on her own, but Kildit and her have been going together and that has been a blessing to both the girls. Kilda is willing to go wherever to share Jesus. She enjoys going over to Amrong and really wants to hike the 12-hour hike to Cubgun sometime. She also has a burden for her parents. She is from a village a couple of hours from Kamantian, but she now lives nearby so that she can attend school. Please pray for Kilda as she prepares for baptism. Pray that her fervor and love will remain strong and that she will continue to share Jesus throughout these mountains.
I ask that you would pray for the people in this story, friends, as well as for the people around them. Again, if you want to get in touch, you can visit us at afmonline.org. Or if that's not your style, give us a call on 800 937 4236. And with that, our time together has come to a close. Thanks for tuning in again, folks. We hope to hear from you soon. God bless wherever you are in the world.